Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 908 of the Juicebox Podcast. On today's show, we have John Fawcett. Now, John is the father of a child with type 1 diabetes, a teen, in fact. He is the creator of Sugar Pixel. He's helped with Loop. And uh, he's here today to talk about how his daughter went from Loop to Omnipod 5. We're also going to talk about Afreza. I mean, all this is a management-heavy episode. Like, if you're interested in taking care of diabetes... If you're especially interested in algorithms like Loop and Omnipod 5, or just hearing two people talk about diabetes like a couple of dorks, this one's for you. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1, please consider going to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox and completing the survey. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. You can help to move type 1 research forward in just a few minutes by completing that survey. This episode of the Juicebox podcast is sponsored by Omnipod makers of the Omnipod Dash and the Omnipod 5. Learn more and get started today at omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. The podcast is sponsored today by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and is 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. BetterHelp.com forward slash juice box. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. And when you use my link, you'll save 10% on your first month of therapy. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. Talk to them however you feel comfortable, text, chat, phone, or video call. If your therapist isn't the right fit, for any reason at all, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. BetterHelp.com forward slash juicebox. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash juicebox. Save 10% on your first month of therapy. Hey, I'm John Fawcett. I uh, am the creator of SugarPixel, uh, custom type one, and also a lot of the loop patches for DIY loop. Uh, my daughter, Lily, is 17 and she's the type one in our family. So uh, I've been thrown into this, uh, just like all the other parents having to learn and figure out settings, you know, how insulin works and all of that. Uh, and that's transitioned me into doing this basically full time to spend all day learning new things, figuring out new things. She used DIY loop for three and a half years, and she's been on Omnipod five for five months now. So I'm um, still learning and every day is a, a new learning, but hopefully we can, you know, discuss a lot of those things to, to help other people out there. Okay. Well, that sounds like a good plan. Um, John, I don't, I, I'm trying to think of the first time I had some sort of contact with you. I think it was 
if you stop me if I'm mistaken, but I think that something along the lines of your sugar pixel was being shared so much on my Facebook group that you thought <laughs> that I must think you were spamming the Facebook group. <laughs> yeah, I've had to apologize to most of the Facebook group admins. Um, I, I can't stop people from sharing it when they get excited about it. I mean, you know how that goes. People, uh, sure. people share Juicebox podcast links all over the Facebook groups as well. It's a similar thing to that, but, um, yeah, that's how we first got introduced through, uh, Kenny Fox. Yeah. Well, you didn't have to apologize to me. I have a very, <laughs> I have a very simple rule about And the rule I think just exists in my head. If people are really, um, excited about something, or they find it helpful or whatever reason. Like, it doesn't matter to me if it's another Facebook group, if it's a book, it could be a different podcast, it can be uh, a way of eating that my daughter doesn't have, it could be the, your sugar pixel. I don't care. The only time it, the only time you get in the way of that is, um, you know, I don't know if you know this, John, some people are, um, they have nefarious um, instincts. And uh, they'll, like, have like an affiliate link where they make money every time somebody clicks on it. Or um, my favorite one is uh, look at this great t-shirt that my sister made for my son. And it says something <laughs> about diabetes on it. Isn't it great? And someone else comes in and goes, Oh my God, it's so great. And then somebody else is like, I wish I had a shirt like that. Where'd you get it? And then they put, Oh, I, I don't know. I found it here. Here's the link. Well, you, you dig around a little bit. And what you learn is the person who put up the picture of the, the shirt is selling the shirts. Uh, the first person that came into the uh, the post to say, "Oh my god, it's so great!" They uh, are the same person, <laughs> and, and then, yeah, yep. then they start this fake conversation until it draws real people in, and then they sell their t shirts that way, or what, yeah. what have you. That I don't, I'm not okay with. Everything else, I couldn't possibly care less. So, um, yeah, you did. Well, in, in the the last few days, is is like playing whack a mole on some of the Facebook groups where it had to have only been a few people started joining the groups. They were fake profiles, joined the group, immediately post not only the G6 for sale, but the G7 for sale. Like they have all this extra stock of Dexcom G7 that just came out. Um, and it was every five minutes, a new post would pop up. I, I couldn't imagine being the admin um, trying to deal with some of these scammers that do that. Yeah, it goes on forever. Anyway, my point is you did not have to apologize. And I would be, I mean, John, what kind of a horrible hypocrite would I be <laughs> if I stopped people from sharing things in my Facebook group? Because I mean, I don't want to brag, but the podcast is shared about every 18 seconds somewhere. So I, and, and I, and yeah, my, it is. And I get the other side of that, by the way, because you have a thing. And it, you're trying to spread it. Like my thing just happens to be free to the people who listen. But even if I was selling a t-shirt, I'm sure I'd need that money to pay my bills or, you know, sell my yeah, and this, you know what I mean? This transitioned pretty quickly to my full-time job. Um, I don't know how long it took you to have Juicebox sort of become what you do every day, all day. <laughs> but once it hits that point, um, you know, there, there is this sort of competing competing mentality of, well, I need to generate sales to pay, keep my electric on, but I don't want to come across like a spammer posting links all over the place. Um, so I kind of take the approach of, I just try and stay on all the groups to help people also, and not just, you know, not just take, 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 but yeah, try and help as many people as I can through 
questions that are posted and things like that. I I stay out of other people's groups because I think generally speaking, they don't want me there because they just see me as like (laughs) mining people. But in my own group, I'm there a lot. You know, um, that, that fire to get another click or another like or another sale. I, I liken it to the time I spent after the first time I had sex trying to get to the second time I had sex. <laughs> it's, it's, you're like, oh my God. That's a good analogy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could this happen again? I have to work 24-7 <laughs> at it. <laughs> but seriously, people get this, um, it's just a fire. You know what I mean? Like they, they sold their t-shirt and they made $9 and they're like, oh my God, what if I sold a hundred of them? That's, I know exactly how their brains work. Like I could keep this going. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. And one of the things for me though, is the, the entire mentality of it is I I created it because it's like Lily's at the time, 16, she never wakes up to her alerts. So here, mom and dad are waking up to any alert that goes off overnight because she doesn't hear her phone. And with my background in hardware and software and electronics, I was like, I can create something that can solve this. Um, so I created it really to help not only us, but other people. So it wasn't, I never set out to be, hey, I need to make a profit and mm-hmm. you know grow this gigantic company from doing this. Is, yeah, I'm selling a lot, but I'm still doing it because I just want to help people. And I think that's also why people are posting it so much is they realize how, how much of a need there was for something that pretty much going to guarantee you're going to wake up in the middle of the night with how annoying the alerts are. Mm -hmm. Uh, John, you make, that's the same thing that I find is that you just, I mean, you don't start a podcast thinking it's going to become very popular. You just, you just don't like, and if you, if, by the way, if you've just done that, you're, <laughs> you're silly because it doesn't work out most of the time. And uh, you yeah. you're doing it because you think you'll reach a few people and that will help them. And then you notice it helped them. And you think, oh, that's great. You know, uh, I, that was what I wanted to have happen. You, you just, I mean, I don't know. I take your point, I guess. So you make sugar pick. Well, uh, that's not what I want to ask you. What, what, what is your background? Like what'd you do in college? What would you do for a living kind of stuff? I actually dropped out of college after my sophomore year. Um, I was working in doing engineering consulting and got so busy and so overloaded with actual work that I was like, I need to cancel all my classes because I can make a lot more money doing that. Never figured that I wouldn't ever go back, but I never went back. Okay. Uh, So I kept down that route and, you know, that's to give away my age. That was 28 years ago or something like that. I was going to say in the uh, the 40s, John, everybody didn't need college. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) So at some, at at some point it's like, uh, well, at this point in my life, it's not worth it to go back. But uh, 13 years ago, I launched a company on Kickstarter making iPhone accessories. Mm-hmm. So we made, I came up with just a stupid, simple idea to wrap an iPhone cable in metal that was flexible uh, and threw it on Kickstarter. I was like, I think this is a cool idea. I'd been designing products for other people. Uh, and, but then they always took them and did the marketing side and the sales side yeah. um, in engineering consulting. Kickstarter gave us the chance to, hey, we can now do it direct. Take this idea and see if people like it. 
fast forward then. So that was 13 years ago. Over the last 13 years, um, that company was named one set number 172 on the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the world. Um, we had uh, sales in like 60 countries at one point where we were in retail stores all over the world. And then right in the middle of that, um, we were actually in the middle of a lawsuit against, um, I'll just say the world's largest retailer. I won't name names there okay. um, for, for selling counterfeits. So this little company started here in Akron, Ohio, selling uh, largest retail or suing the largest retailer in the world right in the middle of that lawsuit, which took like three years to resolve was when Lily got diagnosed. Oh my. And yeah, so I am dealing with, um, depositions and just, it was absolutely insane dealing with this lawsuit from, from this, when you get hit with, you know, a life changing, uh, diagnosis. Yeah. And I sort of came out of that and I had, you know, combined with those two things, sort of lost all passion for that business. You know, just the corporate America sort of greed type of how everything runs. Mm -hmm. And I slowly started doing, you know, I had, I had um, all kinds of 3D printers, all of the computer CAD software, like all the tools needed to make our own stuff at this point. So I started making custom 3D printed cases for uh, Riley Link and then later for Orange Link for all the DIY loopers. Little sort of gadgets and knickknacks that made life with type one easier, whether it be, you know, simple clips to hold insulin pens on the side of the fridge out of the way or things to better protect Riley Link. And that just kept growing and growing. And it kept growing then to the point where I was like, well, I, I can probably take on this sugar pixel concept that had been bubbling in my head for three years at the time. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, life flipped. Uh, you know, you go from running this hugely successful um, electronics company to now complete shift where you're dealing with medical regulations and FDA requirements and all of that type of stuff in this world. Right. Uh, but, but the nuts and bolts of it is the products are all pretty much, they're just electronics, whether they're iPhone power banks or blood sugar monitors, they're just electronics. Right. Um, I tell me a little bit about your daughter. How old was she when she was diagnosed? You're I know we, you said the time frame, but how old was she there? Yeah, she's 17, and I'm not good at math. She's 17 now. She was diagnosed, but she was just after her 12th birthday. Okay. Um, so she's been diagnosed now for five years. And while I'm talking, I'm actually double checking that my math was correct. But um, <laughs> I, well, how, how is it possible you're not good with math, John? Yeah, I don't because, you know, my teachers in elementary school and high school said, well, you got to learn this math because you won't ever have a calculator in your pocket at all times. And then now I have a computer with the entirety of the world's knowledge in my pocket at all times. <laughs> they were wrong so about I that. Always, I bet on that, yep. too, back then, John. I was like, I'm sure I could get a calculator if I needed one. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so she was diagnosed in 2018, uh, January of 2018, just after her 12th birthday. Okay. Um, yeah, about five years ago. About five years ago. Yeah, yeah. So she was, she was um, MDI for the first year-ish. And that it, it's sort of amazing looking at people now that come out of the hospital with Dexcoms. Um, she was MDI with just a meter coming out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. And it was six months, I think, before the endo wanted her to have a Dexcom. You know, the endos always were like, you need to learn how to do this without the technology. I'm kind of torn on whether that's true or not, you know, the best approach or not. Yeah. yeah. The, the one, the one reason I think, or, or the one thing that I think helps going through that is learning really learning more than just, uh, I need to divide this number by this number. And that's how much I dose it's learning the why. And I think MDI can help with that. And especially, so, so we did quite a bit, basically sugar surfing through that. Um, she, so she used an eye port for probably six months before she got her first pump and the eye port let us essentially sugar surf without her complaining about it because it's one shot every three days when you throw in the uh, port. Yeah. But what, what you learn by going through that process that I think might be missing now from some people when they come straight out of the hospital with a Dexcom and a pump even is sort of how insulin actually works. Um, you know, DIA is DIA duration of insulin action. Um, it's five to six hours, period. You know, a lot of people see this setting on a pump and they're like, oh, I'm going to set it down to two hours because that works better. That's just tricking. That's just tricking the bolus calculator to be able to dose more sooner yeah. when in actuality, the insulin's still in their system and working. It's just their carb ratio isn't aggressive enough or their correction factor factor isn't aggressive enough. So those are the types of things I think we learned by being forced to be on MDI for a little bit longer than I think some people are now. And then loop further enforced a lot of those underlying concepts, sort of the all the underlying math about how insulin works, how carbs work, and all of that. Yeah. Can I make an assertion? I've, yeah. I, I've spoken to a lot of people, and what I can tell you is that the way people answer questions is based on what they think and their experiences. So when you say to someone, um, you know, you really should use uh, MDI for six months or a year before you get a pump, that's how you'll learn. The, the rest of that sentence is, that's how some people will learn. And some people won't learn that way. There are other people who a year from now, their A1Cs will be 11 and their blood sugars are ping-ponging all over the place and they've given up already. And had you put a a CGM and an algorithm on that person, yeah, they probably wouldn't know how it worked, but they'd be healthier. And I just think it's, it's such a funny thing because I've, this is an argument that, you know, is as old as time in diabetes, right? Um, and, and it just, it doesn't, you can't answer it for sure for anybody. And, you know, and, and what are you going to say to someone? Are you, uh, are you inquisitive? Are you good with math? Do you, does your brain like to figure out puzzles? Oh, well then you'll probably do great on MDI. 
<laughs> you know, uh, um, do you bump into walls? Do you not know which way is up? Do you frequently forget it's Thursday? Uh, we better get you on an algorithm. Like, you know, no one talks to you that way. And by the way, just because you don't understand diabetes doesn't mean you bump into walls. I'm being bombastic. But I mean, yeah, yeah it's just it's ridiculous to think that everyone's going to have the same experience. And Yeah. And for, for us, it was our step by step through this is was ended up being the best way for me to learn of course for for my daughter to learn yeah for other people i completely agree it might not be the best but underneath all that is still the learning about sort of the the not just how to manage but why and the you know the details about not just here's my carb ratio and it is what it is, but why would I need to consider changing that? Um, why would it be off the, the first time we got a scale, <laughs> my mind was blown in just one little detail of, Oh my gosh, the printed serving size, for instance, one cup of Cheerios is like 30% off from weighing the same Cheerios. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so those types of things, those span, whether you're MDI, algorithm pump, or traditional pump, is those underlying details. So it's how, how someone's going to best learn those types of details mm-hmm. in it. Oh, a million percent. And John, you know what I know, and you came to it a completely different way than I did because our brains are different. This whole thing yeah. is timing and amounts, using the right amount of insulin at the right time. The right amount is your basal your insulin to carb ratio, your, uh, you know, other, you know, whatever else, uh, insulin sensitivity, like it's those three things. And it's knowing when to put it in and how to time it and understanding when the insulin starts to work, when it hits more aggressively, how long it lasts. If you know that, then you're on your way. Then you start learning about the different impacts of different carbs and how, you know, uh, 10 grams of this and 10 grams of that sometimes don't need the same amount of insulin and how fat slows down your digestion. Like you can keep growing your understanding, but at the, at the core of it, it's how insulin works. It's the, exactly. It's everything really. It's how the algorithm decides everything. The algorithm doesn't know from fat and that's why it struggles with it. And you you know what I mean? Like it, but it does everything else pretty damn well. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer. There's also no empirical settings that, can span across different systems. And and that plays yeah. into this because you go from MDI to where you're taking long acting to a pump where your basal is short acting or then a pump, traditional pump to an algorithm pump, even from loop to Omnipod 5 or to control IQ, your settings aren't going to transfer. So it's it's becoming less about here's your carb ratio and here's your basal rate and more about how can I make whatever numbers I can adjust achieve the best results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, and I, I want to talk all about this with you actually, because um, you sent me and you had been, I guess, kind of booked on the show or we were trying to get you booked. And I don't even know why you were coming on in, originally, other than I was like, you should come on the podcast. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> 
all of a sudden I get this, what I would consider from you as a, and we don't know each other super well, John, we've spoken once before this, you explained sugar pixel to me. I got it. I thought it was really cool. I couldn't figure out how to set it up. And, and I haven't looked at it since then, but that's not, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I also got waylaid by the fact that my daughter's dorm room, um, their Wi-Fi, like you can't get anything on Wi-Fi that isn't like an iPhone. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So that I was like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to use it anyway. Um, not the point. Uh, point is, is that at some point you sent me a very, what seemed to me to be an excited email. Um, and <laughs> I, I, seriously, which is, if you really look back, if you could find 20 year old you and be like, Hey, <laughs> one day, man, you're going to send an email to another man. It's going to be very excited. And you're going to say something like, Hey guys, just jumping in to remind you that one of our sponsors, BetterHelp, is offering 10% off your first month of therapy when you use my link, betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. That's betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. While we're taking a break here, and I put the ads up front in this one because the conversation picks up and just really starts rolling, and I, I wanted to kind of break it up with the ad before, before the flow. Anyway, Omnipod. Now, Omnipod makes the Dash. The Dash is a tubeless insulin pump that you will just love. Omnipod also has the Omnipod 5. Now, Omnipod 5 is an algorithm that works alongside of your Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. Maybe you're interested in the Dash. Maybe you're interested in the 5. Maybe you haven't decided yet. Either way, all the ways, Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox will help you to move forward. If you already know what you want, Head over there now and get started. If you're still deciding, head over there now and pick around a little bit. Figure, uh, do the reading. You know what I'm saying? 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 I'm not saying anything. It's late at night. I'm woozy. You know what I'm saying? You head over there. You figure out what you're looking for. Dash or five. And if you're not sure, you can contact Omnipod right through my link. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. My daughter has been wearing an Omnipod every day. Every, every day since she was four years old. Arden will be 19 this weekend, and I don't think you could make a better decision than to check out the Omnipod, whether it's the 5 or the Dash. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Both the Dash and the 5 are going to offer you the freedom of showering without disconnecting, jumping into a pool, running out and playing sports, going to do your uh, machinations, whatever you do there during the day, uh, go to the grocery store, no tubing to get caught on like doorknobs and handles in the cabinets and stuff like that. It doesn't matter which you pick, you're going to get all that. Then it's up to you to decide. Do I want to make some of the decisions? I want the dash. Do I want the algorithm to make the decisions? I'm going to get the Omnipod 5. You decide. John's daughter's using the Omnipod 5. They love it. You might too. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com to Omnipod, BetterHelp, and all the sponsors. When you click on these links, you are helping to support the podcast, and I very much appreciate it. Now, I'm going to get you back to John so we can really start to geek out about all this stuff. My daughter switched from Loop to Omnipod 5, and it's amazing, and people need to know how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. I was a little giddy. Yeah, you certainly were, actually. And I don't know you well enough to make that assertion, but that's how giddy you were <laughs> in, the, in the note, as I figured you were. So um, what version... Of Omni of Loop was your daughter using before she moved to Omnipod Five? Uh, well, 
you could consider it loop three now. Okay. Um, she was running the dev version since last February. So it was about nine months that she had been running that. But for the last two and a half years, I've been customizing loop. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people um, using loop have seen the loop patches. Uh, those are the ones that I've written. So they they were just my ways of trying to figure out and force the algorithm to fix things that I didn't think worked optimally. Okay. So for instance, I wrote one where if, if blood sugar was under a certain value, loop would automatically switch to the temp basal strategy. If it was over that value, it would switch to the more aggressive automatic bolus. Mm-hmm. A lot of people with loop have experience rebound lows where you have a low, you take some carbs and loop sees this quick rise from the carbs and thinks you're going to hit 400 when in actuality you're going to hit 105. So this helped, that helped prevent those rebound lows. And I just kept adding more and more. Like I made one near the end of our time using loop that I called basal lock. If your blood sugar was over a certain amount, we used 200, uh, loop would not cut basal Mm. so loop has this habit of sticky highs where you you get to a high and something wasn't correct with your carb count or whatever and you kind of plateau and you're just riding at 200 for hours on end until you add in quote-unquote fake carbs so that's what we were using with loop was sort of this the new loop three at the time it was called dev but um with my customized patches running alongside it. Yeah. That's what and Arden then, that's what Arden's using right now by the way. Okay, so she is she using dash? Uh, then now? Yeah, she's using dash, loop dev and those two patches that you referred to. Great. Yeah. So it, how how did she So I know she was on Omnipod 5 for a while also, right? Yeah. So what happened to Arden with Omnipod 5 is kind of simple, is that it added a device, and she was kind of, like, out from the beginning. She just, she's like, I don't want to carry another thing. That was the thing that really got her, was the PDM. Like, I think if Omnipod 5 would yeah. have come out with, like, an iPhone control right away, then she would have been like, fine, this is fine. I, I, I wish people understood, <clears throat> Arden doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> she, like, like I hear other people come on and say, "Oh, my kid bought this, or my son wanted that, or my but Arden doesn't. Arden doesn't care. Like, she just wants it to work. And I'll tell you what, she's an interesting um, use case for what I believe uh, is one of the like more valuable things about Loop is that you can kind of see where insulin's going in and where it's coming out. And I learned a lot more about insulin looking at Night Scout. Um, I mean, that that really fast-forwarded my understanding even beyond where it was of insulin. Just seeing it take insulin away and give it back and those things taught me a lot about how it works. Arden doesn't even pay attention to that. She's just, yeah. she just, she's good at bolusing for her food. And she can make adjustments. She knows when something's sticky. She'll do use overrides. If she thinks she's going to get low, she'll override in the other direction. Um, she doesn't do it very frequently. I'll tell you what, um, She's been sick this weekend and not really sick. She got a she pulled a muscle in her neck and her shoulder and it was Ooh. so bad she ended up at urgent care while she was at college on Friday morning. And they gave her muscle relaxers. And um if you guys have ever heard me say like 
I don't drink or I've never been high, like stuff like that. My my daughter doesn't do any of that either. And so the muscle relaxers hit her hard as she is what would be, I think, colloquially called a lightweight. And so, <laughs> so she was asleep for swaths of time, like 12 hours at a time, where her blood sugar is just super stable. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's, she slept yesterday till three in the afternoon and with no intervention whatsoever. And her blood sugar didn't go over like 105 the whole time. Yeah, that's fabulous. And that's, yeah. that's actually those times to me are where loop has the most advantages over Omnipod five from what we've seen is mm-hmm. if you're steady it's going to keep you really steady, especially if you're, you know, most people are trying to be under 110. Um, with loop is it can keep you in that nice steady range at those times. Also, if you well, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say for, for Lily, uh, she didn't like the extra device um, with the controller and she's not about to switch from iPhone, but it, it took a purse to bribe her into giving it a shot. So uh, we found a purse that would fit her car keys, her her driver's license, everything, plus the controller perfectly. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, you know, that that's made it so she doesn't mind so much carrying the extra device. But she does like that her iPhone is not dead at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. You know, she always had it connected to a battery charger when she was using loop um, just cause she's on, you know, Snapchat and whatnot yeah. all day long anyways. Oh, oh yeah. I would say, well, anyway, so the other thing that was going on with Arden at the time that we um, tried Omnipod five for, and we used it for a long time actually, uh, but is that she was having hormonal problems that we hadn't figured out yet. And so we were in this weird thing where we tried to go from loop to Omnipod five um, Arden's insulin needs were wonky and as odd as this sounds, as I am the person who hosted the three, you know, Omnipod, mm-hmm. Omnipod five, uh, uh, I, what are the pro tip series, uh, overview, uh, settings and connectivity, which I, I made along with Omnipod. I hadn't made those yet when she started. So, you know, sometimes when you hear me say like the podcast helps me more than it helps you, sometimes I was at a loss still when we started on the pod five. So I had uh, initially the problems that a lot of people or not a lot of people, but some people seem to have, which is I don't think I got the settings for Omnipod five right when I set it up. And so, you know, between that and the hormonal stuff and she was we just like fought with it for a while and then we finally got it like right. And it was working um the way we wanted it to and i was like see this works great and she's like it does and i was like okay and we used it for a while and like she had no trouble with it at all and then one day she's just like i don't want to like you know i'm going to college now and i don't want to carry this thing around anymore she's like can i just go back on loop so i don't have to carry anything and i was like sure Mm -hmm. so um i think arden ends up on omnipod 5 at some point Um, yeah and when the iPhone app is available, I think that's going to change a lot of people's opinions um, mm-hmm. on wanting to switch. I see that every day. You see somebody posting that they don't want an extra device or when is the iPhone version coming out. Yeah. And I'll say this from the other side. If, you, if you're if you starting now, that's not a reason not to do it. 
because you won't know any different. And I know that's a weird thing to say, but like your kid won't care about carrying the controller. My daughter just had 10 years of, you know, not carrying it. And then suddenly we were asking her to do something else. And she's like, I don't under." She was more of the mind of like, I don't understand why we're switching. Like I'm okay. Yeah. You know? And I was like, no, I know. Um, and I, but I gave her the other reasons, which were, you know, do you want to learn how to build a loop app in case something goes wrong? And she's like, no. And I was like, well, <laughs> and then here we are. So, you know, like it's, yeah. um, but I, I'm really super interested and I want to spend the rest of the time talking to you about how you went from, I mean, cause you didn't just go from loop to Omnipod five. You went from a version of loop that you basically tailored for Lily with your own patches. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Well, and there was a lot of learning going into Omnipod five. Um, so don't let me, you know, mislead you in that. No, no, I understand. (laughs) Um, But at, at this point, uh, I feel like we know the system inside and out and how it's going to behave and why it doesn't behave at times. The biggest thing that I did was uh, I looked at TDI, Total Daily Insulin, mm-hmm. from Night Scout Reports and look, compared to that divided by 48, which is essentially what Omnipod uses for its adaptive basal. So the 48 comes from 24 hours in a day, but then it uses half of half of your total daily insulin for basal. So divide by 48, and that's your hourly basal rate that the system uses. And I compared that number to what her basal rate was in loop. And it was within maybe 5%, 10%. I actually went with the slightly stronger setting. Mm-hmm. Um, than what the TDI would have been based on for the basal rate. And it also, Omnipod 5 doesn't care day or night. All it cares is basically what's your TDI and what's your IOB. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't care about carbs or anything like that. So if you have five different basal rates, those if you're coming from a manual system or even loop, those have just been built up over time, usually to solve other issues, not just basal necessarily. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so we put one basal rate in 24-7 because it, it doesn't matter. And I, I'd actually, that's my suggestion to people I talk to is if you've got a ton of different basal rates, it's really difficult for for a person to calculate what their actual total basal is for the day when your basal rates are fluctuating throughout the day. So IOB from basal alone, if you have a fixed basal rate is uh, times Mm 2.1. So if you have a one unit basal 24 seven, you always have 2.1 units of insulin on board from basal. So that's not to be confused with IOB that loop might show you or that the Omnipod five controller might show you. But that's just to say that's insulin that's in your system at all times. And using a single basal rate, I think, helped us sort of grasp that. Of Here's how much she uses for the whole day. Split that across, you know, 24 hours. And here's a fixed basal rate every single day. Hmm. So the basal was the first thing is 
in starting. And I think you see most people that I see posting, they're frustrated because it's too high. Uh, their, their blood sugar is too high and it's not correcting enough. And it's, it's a sort of a myth that iPod five has learning. Um, it has history would be a better way to phrase it. Yeah. And it only has a history of three to four pods. Right. And it's taking a TDI average and it's a weighted average. So the most recent um, days TDI is the highest portion of the average. And that's all it uses. And it updates that during pod changes. So if, if you're running super high um, and you're frustrated by it, it's because your TDI is too low and it's not covering your basal needs enough. And so the options are either just slowly keep correcting little by little, you know, and every day you might be adding an extra half a unit or whatever to, to TDI or do a restart and restart with more appropriate settings so that you are getting there quicker. Mm -hmm. Hey, when you said add something to total daily insulin, you mean just by making extra boluses to try to bring down a high number? Well, yeah. So the, the people that say like after three months, it finally started learning me. In most of those people, at least the ones that I've looked, been able to see their actual like glucose data. Some people have shared it with me is you might be doing a correction and you're, you know, you're getting half a unit or quarter unit. It's not correcting it's not driving up your tdi fast enough to where you need to be so if if all your settings you started around 20 but you actually need to be at 25 mm -hmm. well it might take two months of just normal correct when you're high type of strategy for it to start getting that average up from 20 to 25 or 20 to 30 yeah Oh, okay. That makes sense. Hey, let me ask you a question about Does that it. Does that make sense? It does, actually. Um, let me ask you a question about Omnipod 5 that even though I've had people tell me directly from the company, I see so many people online saying the opposite that it even makes me wonder if I understand what I'm saying. Once you set up Omnipod 5 on, the, on day one, you tell it, this is my basal rate, this is my correction factor, these are all the things it's asking, blah, 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 go into auto mode. Um, first day it uses your settings. And then after that, it, it's, it's doing what it wants to do. If I go back into my settings and change my basal or my insulin action time or, an, or my carb ratio, that, that doesn't touch automation, right? That you're just changing your settings for manual. Is that correct? Correct. Right. And we've been fortunate myself and a few others who did, um, another Omnipod 5 video with the Loop group, Loop and Learn group. Mm -hmm. um, we've been fortunate to have a lot of discussions directly with Omnipod. Um, so we asked a lot of these questions of their chief of medicine. And there's no speculation on that one is target is the only setting that changes automation. Yep. Now, it can feel like some of the other settings fix things. For instance, if you artificially lower duration of insulin action from four to two hours. But the reason it feels like that's 
improving things is you're essentially faking the bolus calculator into thinking you need a correction sooner. So it's offering a manual correction sooner. It could be if you just click to do a correction or it could be added on to a meal dose. And that not only brings you down at that time of that dose, but that also increases your your total daily insulin right. over time. But the the one dilemma there with trying to change some of these other things that may not need changed is that if you're using a lower DIA, once your total daily insulin is where it needs to be, that can actually cause lows or roller coaster effect mm-hmm. from right. having too too strong, too much corrections going on um, once the system gets you figured out. So if you if you actually look at the insulin action curves, um, like from the clinical trials, they're all six hours. But the reported IOB on the controller and the D- the DIA that's used by the user setting is actually a straight line. Um, it's a straight line insulin decay of mm-hmm. the insulin action, rather than this smooth curve. Yeah. And what I've seen is that somewhere between four to five hours makes the reported IOB using this straight line most accurate to the actual curve, which is, you know, a smooth curve, not a straight line. But um, but that target setting is the only thing to do. And all these others just affect like either the IOB you're seeing or other things like that with the bolus calculator. Yeah. Also, you put yourself at risk for when you do switch back to manual mode, your settings are way too aggressive and will make you low then as well. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've seen somebody online say, oh, I figured out how to make an adjustment to blah, blah. I changed X, Y, Z, and now automation's working better. And I'll come in and I'll say, uh, the changes that you made did not change automation. Those are only changes to your manual settings. No, no, you're wrong. And I'm like, no you're wrong. Uh, what am I going to do? <laughs> now I'm on Facebook going na 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 to somebody. So I'm like, listen, that's not how it works. Um, I, you might be seeing yeah. it that way, but, but by the way, every, mm, not everything, a lot of people see ghosts in diabetes all the time. They think they're seeing something and they're not, they're misconstruing one thing for another. It happens constantly. And, and we're learning it here. You mentioned it earlier, going from MDI to a pump, it's not apples to apples. You can't just take your MDI settings and put them in the pump and they're absolutely going to work. You can't take your pump settings and put them to an algorithm. They're absolutely going to work. You can't take your Omnipod 5 settings and put them in a loop or control IQ or whatever the Medtronic thing is called. You can't do that. Like that's not, they're not all the same. And what happens is what you alluded to earlier with the basils, that people get started their settings are all messed up. They start having problems and then they make adjustments to settings that fix the problem they're seeing, but don't fix the original problem. It's just patches over top of patches over top of patches. And before you know it, you're having success and you don't know why. You don't know how yeah. it's working. It's just working. It's it's somewhat akin to when I bought my first house and uh, we found one day in a dark corner in a hallway that someone had taken masking tape, covered a hole, and painted over it very quickly. Yes, the wall <laughs> looked okay from a distance, but it wasn't right, John. And so, um, and, and that ends up being that 
I think is why you hear Omnipod, the company, saying so strongly to people, this is about total daily insulin. This, you know, and start around 50-50, please. You know, take your total daily insulin, split it in half. Half of that's going to be your basal. Like, just because that's how the algorithm is going to have the best chance of figuring it out. Like, the part that's not being said by anybody is you're probably doing this wrong. And you're and, wrong. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, there's there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. No, because it's working if, in the end. It, it only becomes wrong on, when you try to go into a into into something like an like an automated system that that needs it to be accurate. Different. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Anyway, and one thing that's you mentioned the basal stuff is I always called it basal creep is. Usually the first answer you see from if someone posts, hey, my, you know, I'm, I'm rising at this time, raise basil. Like historically with traditional therapy, <laughs> that was usually the first answer out of anybody's mouth is basil needs changed. Well, when you start looking at algorithm math that's tracking more things, and, and I have reviewed loops, algorithm, um, the results of Omnipop 5's algorithm, I can't actually look at the math. And I've even done consulting work for a startup that has a different algorithm mm-hmm. um, where I've seen some how they're approaching approaching this. I really believe that most people, their basal, if they're coming from a traditional therapy, whether it be pump or MDI, their basal is probably covering at least 20% of their carbs. Yeah. And there's not necessarily anything wrong with that because it works in that system. It's easier in that system um, to just sort of smooth out the fat and protein and things like that or carb miscounts with a higher basal. Mm-hmm. But, but then when you switch that and try to apply it to an algorithm, it just blows up yeah. and it it'll blow up loop and it'll blow up Omnipod five, just the same. And I do feel like Omnipod five makes it easier though, by that system you said of just focus on TDI. Don't worry about if you have a rise in the middle of the night or feet on the floor or whatever, as long as you focus on TDI, it should be able to handle those types of fluctuations. Mm -hmm. John, I think this is a great example of the past still impacting the, the, the present. Because this all goes back to if you talk to old endos, right? They they would over basil people who wouldn't uh, wouldn't consistently be injecting for their food, and so the the people were always seem to have uncovered food in their system. So they're like, well, we'll just jack the basil up to try to take care of that. And the person who made that decision for that person on day one was was probably a good decision, you, you know. But then over time, it just becomes how things get done, and nobody re- nobody remembers back to the first time. Like, why did we do this? Because Bill wouldn't inject for his lunch. That's why. You, you know what I mean? But like, so yeah. it becomes it becomes the way things happen, and then before you know it, you go through a generation of doctors and a generation of people, and that's just what happens. Like what you're. We are seeing right now the remnants of people not understanding how to manage insulin, you know, all the way back into the late 80s, 
and you know, and and now it's still impacting things, and we're still having trouble explaining it to people. Um, and algorithms are just going to make it more um, present now and and obvious that everyone's most people's settings are not right. And you can, it's fast. I mean, it's not fascinating. It's exactly what I expected, but this is, this is the next problem, right? Like, are you going to teach people, which seems impossible, or are you going to come up with an algorithm that one day just is so good? It doesn't matter. Do you think that's where this is headed? Like when people talk about one day, you're not going to have to bolt, like put in your carbs. I think it has to be headed that way. And one of the big reasons, and, and I was floored when I started researching carb counting. Um, there's, so I found quite a few studies on carb counting. Just, I was curious, is, is it even accurate? Even if we weigh, measure, preci- precision, is it even accurate? Right. And it blew my mind that, so one study they were only within sort of the acceptable tolerance 44% of the time on their carb counting. So the acceptable tolerance was like, if you look up what an apple, a medium sized apple will be, it'll be like plus or minus three grams from this. So it gives a range. Mm -hmm. So even with that though, so 44% of the time they were within like three to five grams of, what the actual carb count was. And I don't know what everybody's carb ratios are, but for Lily, that could be a whole unit. Yeah. Um, and a whole unit's the difference from ending a meal at 200 versus 100 right. uh, at times, depending on circumstances. Another study, um, it was adolescence. And this has piqued my curiosity because we're going through this phase where Lily, we're trying to let her do everything on her own and only intervene when things go off the rails. Only 23% of adolescents were within 10 grams of the actual carbs. Mm. And when you look at that and you're like, okay, we're basically as human beings, not capable of accurately counting carbs. And it's not just because people are, um, not you know, trying. guessing wrong, yeah, yeah, yeah. not trying things like that. It's because it's too you many get variables. These, yeah, all these variables going into food and like a, a bowl of Cheerios, you could easily be off by five to 10 grams every single time. So I think we have to get to the point where the algorithms are smart enough to start dosing on the rise. Um, and some are already headed that direction. You know, mm-hmm. Android APS is already headed that direction with unannounced meals. Um, and I do know some people who don't enter carbs and use those systems and use them probably better than we use a system where we, we bolus for meals. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I've already interviewed him and I can't think of his name. I just haven't put it out yet. I can't. Uh, he's an Australian guy. He's the one. Is the person you're thinking of? No, no you're um, thinking of the one else. I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm okay. thinking of somebody else. All right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Listen, if if I took a whiteboard right now and I said, John, let's you and I go through all the variables that might make your bolus wrong. 
I think we'd write down 50 things by the time we were done. So that's absolutely. Yeah. That's why people who listen to the podcast who are not using an algorithm, you know, or just out there working on their own, trying to figure things out. It's why they have so much success after they listen to the podcast, because I say, I don't care what the carb count is. I care how it's going to hit. And then you'll learn historically this plate of food is, you know, eight units of insulin for me. And it doesn't matter if you count it up and come up with seven units or you count it up and come up with something else. You've eaten this before. It's taken eight units. Let's go with eight. It's why my daughter's successful because she's she's aggressive. Like did, did yeah. you know I mean? like it's she's she doesn't look at something and go, Well, this is probably ten, but it could be twelve. She's just like fifteen. <laughs> So, and, and, and you're not pre-bolusing correctly anyway, so you probably need a little more to begin with. And you know what I mean? Like, it's all like, you just, there is a vibe to it. Like you can get through life with a 5A1C just vibing with how to bolus for things. You just have yeah. to be right about it. And, you know? you know, a funny thing about the A1C also is we don't worry about it as much as we used to. And I know a lot of people are going more towards focusing on time and range and stuff like that. But, mm -hmm. um, I, I was talking with a colleague, uh, about why the GMI shown in clarity used to be called an estimated A1C. Now they call it GMI. Why is that usually so far off for everybody? For us, it's usually half a point higher than what her actual A1C is. And, I was shocked by some of the stuff I learned. Um, A1C is so weighted towards recent yes. that the last week can shift your A1C by half a point. Mm -hmm. So it, there is something, there is some truth to, oh, I have an endo appointment next week. I better start, you know, oh, yeah. taking care of myself. I was going to say because that. Yeah, people sniff the endo appointment coming up and they start paying more attention all of a sudden. That yeah, could yeah. drop your A1C from six to five and a half. Yeah. The other thing I learned was that um, the actual lab A1C tests that are used in the hospitals can be off by 6%. So that's a range of like six to 6.4 or 5.7. Yeah. So we don't worry about, oh, got to hit 5.8 or whatever. You know, if it's like, if if she's coming in at six, I'm thrilled because mm -hmm. that's in a healthy range, no matter what that spread is. So we're we're really shifting more towards this approach of kind of goes along with the carbs. What you said with carbs is um, you don't need all this exactness. There's too many variables in in the world in yeah. physiology to be able to get any of this exact. Yeah, you you do so, not you do not want to be in a situation where you uh, your last A1C was six point two and the next one was six point four and you're running around for three months going I failed like it's just exactly it, it, it's nominal it, it it might be meaningless and it, you know it, it yeah it, and, it, and it could have actually been better when it said six point four because that day the test was running at the high end of the yes the tolerance that was allowed by the FDA John one of the most difficult things you'll wrap your head around when you have diabetes um, or you're caring about somebody who has diabetes is that your meter, when you test your blood sugar and you're like, oh, it says 85, 
that your blood sugar is probably not 85. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> that, that it could be 95 or 73 or like, you know, wherever in the range that, that the meter you're using, you know, where its accuracy is, you know, anyway. Well, because yeah. the FDA allows 20% on meters, For just meters. like they do on, on Dexcom. Right. So you test your blood sugar, it's 80, could be 100, might be 60. You test it, it's 100, it, it might be 120, it could be 80. And the day you give yourself up and go, I can't worry about that. I'm looking for stability. I am looking for stability. I am looking for not a bunch of ups and not a bunch of downs because these, it, it, I got it on day four. John, day four, my daughter had diabetes and the girl, the girl, that made me sound old. The nurse came in the room. The nurse came in. The, that really did make that really did make me sound old. The nurse came in the room um, with our new meter, which was this like freestyle thing that I've described uh, in the past as looking like it came out yeah. of a bubblegum machine, which is now not a good description because I don't think you can get bubblegum out of a machine anymore. And um, and it, it was just this janky little plastic thing. And she brings in this giant thing that the hospital owned. And she tests Sarden's blood sugar on the hospital thing because she's got to write it down. And then she goes, here, now you do it with this meter. And I tested with the meter and the hospital thing and the meter they gave me were nowhere near each other. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, wait, wait. <laughs> I was like, well, what do I do? And she's like, just use that meter. I'm like, but it's like 30 points different than what you just did. She goes, it'll be fine. And I realized now she didn't know what the hell she was talking about. She was just like, look, man, what she wanted to say was, this is the meter you get, dude. Good luck. Like, you, you know, like, like make the best of it. When I, cause you, you never see people test with one meter, then test with another one. Like, what am I supposed to do? And I'm like, I always tell them, pick one of the meters and, <laughs> and throw and the other one in the it. trash. <laughs> like, <laughs> because, because of what you've been explaining. And that's, a, it's just, I, I think that's brilliant. I have to tell you, my daughter's off in college now as a freshman. And her A1C went up like point oh I don't know she went from like six one to six four or something like that um, the last time. But she's been doing exactly what what Lily's doing is we do not intervene at almost at all. Like there are days mm -hmm. I don't even think about Arden's diabetes anymore. Like you know uh, the last time I thought about it was when she was sitting down doing homework at and her sight was getting old, and I yeah. could see the algorithm bolusing and bolusing and bolusing and it couldn't move her off this number. And I was like, Arden, you got to stop what you're doing for a second, change your pump, you know? And then she fought with me about it for, it felt like hours. And then she finally did it. But, you know, there's also the psychological component in there. Like, I don't want her to just not want to listen to me anymore. So mm -hmm. there was a reason why I'll tell you what went through my head the other day when I was going through this, there was a reason why she couldn't get to it. She's not ignoring it. I know she isn't. And I had just spoken to a person who has had diabetes for, see, I'm going to say 30 some years and you're all going to think it was Jenny, but it's not. But a person who has had diabetes for 30 some years who probably lived with A1Cs and the nines for a long part of their life. And that person was like a little like, I love it when I see people like worried about their six, five A1Cs, you know, she's yeah. like, that's going to be okay. And, um, yeah. and it was, uh, but I take everyone else's point. Cause you'll hear other people say, well, why can't I get normal A1Cs like a person without diabetes? You can, if you want to just, you know, you're going to work it, at it more. And, and what concerns me with that last comment is 
parents with kids um, transitioning. And, and we, I felt us starting to get to that point, transitioning from where Lily's at now, uh, just about done with her junior year of high school, to where Arden's at in her freshman year of college. Is that transition to me felt like, oh my gosh, we should have started preparing for her to handle this fully uh, much sooner. Yeah. We've been doing and it since my, like her junior year of high school. Yeah. And yeah. my concern is when your your kid's little and you're controlling absolutely everything, you know, you're fully measuring every single meal for carbs, you're exactly pre-bolusing, all of that type of stuff. Well, that just goes out the window when they start having their independence. Um, and Lily does fabulous at managing on her own. But she's still a 17-year-old kid. Right. So there's times when she boluses as she's eating, you know, or boluses after she's started eating. And I worry about burnout from both parents and kids when you're so focused on this, you know, exact A1C number or an exact time and range or exactly counting every single carb. Lily's actually been using a Frezza for the last about a month now as a supplement because sometimes she she actually goes to two different high schools and drives from one to the other right at lunch so sometimes she doesn't even have time to pre-bolus by the time she gets there so mm. she'll just take a little bit of a frezza to offset and dose a slightly less on the pump but again it's not it's not being specific about exact amount of carbs it's okay it's going to be about this and you know, adding this one cartridge of a Frezza will help to cut out the rise from not pre-bolusing, but we don't know how many carbs, she doesn't know how many carbs it actually was. Um, just how many units did she take? Yeah. Do you know that Arden figured out how to over-bolus meals that she couldn't pre-bolus for just by watching me do it? I don't think we ever spoke <laughs> about it. Like, I don't think we ever, ever spoke about it. And she just one day... I was like, hey, that was a big um, bolus. I texted her at school one day, and she was, yeah, I, I, I couldn't put it in until I sat down. And I, and I was like, oh, and she's like, well, I'm, I'm just bolusing for the rise that's going to come. I was like, ah, I was like, wow. And, she didn't even listen that's to the podcast, the, John. Yeah, <laughs> that's the great thing about the algorithm pumps is you can steal basil from the future, right, to help prevent that rise from eating. I have noticed um, Omnipod 5, you got to go a little less than you do on Loop. Loop would cut basil immediately and, mm. you know, it'd ride out much easier. But with Omnipod 5, I've noticed we dose a little bit less of that sort of extra up front because it'll keep basil on for longer. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. Um you know, I, I eventually I will get an email from someone's like, you know, why don't you talk about MDI more? I'm like, I I already talked about it. I know how to the way you use insulin with a pump, with a regular old pump, is the way. If you want to have those outcomes, you would do it with MDI. I'm always interested when people are like, well, I want more tricks for MDI. I'm like, well, there aren't a ton of tricks for MDI. Like, yeah, just my biggest trick for MDI would be to get an iPort because it makes it easier to do all those extra doses. Right. Because you're not taking that extra shot. Exactly. And I know, and it's not lost on me while we're having this conversation. Like we're talking about, 
I mean, really think about what we're talking about, right? If you're talking about Omnipod 5, then you have insurance that pays for Omnipod 5. You you can afford a, a Dexcom. You know, you have a, likely have a cell phone. Like, that's a lot of money. You, you know? Yeah. And, and even like with you, like you just said something so offhandedly. It was like, I'm like a Lily supplementing with a Frezza. You, good luck going to your endo and telling her you'll also want some inhaled insulin for times because <laughs> your endo is going to be like, yeah, get away from me. So, um, it, yeah, it, it, we had to get prior authorization to add it. Um, and even then it was that extra tier. So our, our prescription copay on that was even more, but mm-hmm. because she's supplementing it, it, it's not nearly as much as like, her novel on yeah no, she's not using she's, as much of it no I'm, she's not, I'm not using as much john of it. i'm not coming down on you i'm saying that it's you know we're in this we're in this moment where care is shifting right like l- let me just say i'm not a, a soothsayer i can't see the future um but if we could get a cgm and an algorithm on everybody who had diabetes and needed insulin uh a vast majority of these people would be better off health-wise and, and yeah, so, today. Right. And so you have to although, go ahead. Although there's something coming up that has had us thinking. Um, it's to me looking like the one week basil might be released this year finally. Um, and if you look at a one week basil mm-hmm. that, you know, keeps you steady for your long acting for the whole week, if you were to come, Combine that with a Frezza for your meal dosing. That a Frezza from from what we've seen in the month of using it is it is so much more forgiving. Um, you don't have to carb count. It's is this plate small, medium, or large? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that's essentially your carb counting. Um, that the combination of that might actually be drastically better than even the algorithms. Uh, at least today, right. and to be honest, it's something we might try once once that's out. We've actually chatted about it on whether that might be a simpler way to manage than than using an algorithm pump. So we'll we'll see, but nobody knows until it's out. Yeah how how did you get over? Because you seem like a bright guy, so this went through your head. I'm guessing. How did you get over the idea of inhaling it? Like that's a, that's a leap, right? (laughs) Yeah. um, Well, I had a zoom call with their CEO. So (laughs) he, he convinced me he had a lot of data on a Frezza. And I mean, it's just from everything I've seen about it, um, you know, the results are undeniable Mm -hmm. for it. It, the action time is as fast as the human body's insulin. Okay. So that's why it's such a game changer. If, you know, we can get sort of the combination of how to best use it with long acting or with a pump, that's just sort of an, sort of a reverse untethered, you know, Mm -hmm. your pump doing your long acting and slight adjustments. Um, But the, uh, you know, the inhaling part itself, um, Lily was a little apprehensive at first, but she got the hang of it. And, you know, the only thing I had to do is I had to email her school and 
give them a heads up that, hey, if she shows up in the office from a teacher center down there for vaping, that she's just taking her insulin. That was the hardest part yeah, about yeah, the, yeah. That's what the inhaled thinking. part of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's, I mean, that's really cool. I'm easy. just saying, I don't even mean that. I just mean like the idea of taking something into your lungs over and over again. Like that is off-putting to me. That that's all. Like I based on nothing other than I hear that and my brain goes, We should probably be worried about that. And I don't well, know, you know what I mean? So there were so there was a one from um I think it was Pfizer. I think it was from Pfizer, it was Exubra was the first one. Mm-hmm. And they pulled it from the market, but there was a lot of um there was a lot of misinformation out there on why it was pulled and i even heard doctors say it was pulled because of lung issues but it was basically pulled because they did a horrible job with the inhaler it was like a foot long <laughs> it's a foot long <laughs> what am i gonna do yeah, with that so, <laughs> i mean it was gigantic it was like holding a bike pump up to your mouth um to do it where the the new one is you know, it's maybe two inches long, the one from from Mankind for a Frezza. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's no studies out there that say it's harmful or anything like that. Um, no, I'm, not, say- I'm take- not saying there is, by the way. I'm just saying, like, it strikes me as, like, worrisome. Like, and I, I be- could be based on nothing. I just, that, I wonder if that's not a hard thing to get over. I also keep wondering why someone hasn't just bought the company yet. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe they're maybe they're not for sale. <laughs> um, you know, maybe they don't want to. I don't I don't know those details. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I will say so. You do you do need to do a um, uh, spirometry. Spire. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, basically, a functional lung test mm-hmm. before you start. So you go in. You basically blow in a tube like five times or whatever, and then they. They gave her, I don't know if it was a steroid, not a steroid, but al- almost like an asthma inhaler type of breathing treatment. Yeah. And then once that sets in, you repeat the test. So they make sure that your lung function is what it should be. Mm-hmm. And also that like if you take an inhaler, it doesn't improve drastically because that would in- indicate you have some issues. I see. So you do that at the beginning. And then after six months, and then they recommend yearly after that. And that's just to make sure that long-term you don't develop any issues. But I think the bigger, the biggest reason for that seems to me like it's, um, you know, if somebody had asthma and maybe didn't even know it, Mm -hmm. um, or it got worse in the future, things like that, um, you know, it can not necessarily be the right insulin to take yeah i'm not against asthma or copd yeah i I, i'm so i'm so worried that like by me playing devil's advocate that i come off like i'm against i'm not against (laughs) i'm not against it at all like i i can see a world where arden would try it as well and i've spoken to people who swear by it like really are just doing what you're talking about they're injecting their basal insulin and using it for meals and having like wonderful success with it so um and i'm not against anything by the way like i whatever's best i i want you you know what i mean and i want everybody to keep trying i want all these companies to keep pushing and trying to figure out something better and new and um 
Yeah. Well, and even whatever's best for each person, because right, right. Omnipod Five's not going to be the best for everybody. Loop's sure. not going to be the best for everybody. Yeah. Um, some people would manage best with complete MDI. Hmm. Yeah, and for for variable reasons that you that are hard to figure out at first, like why? Yeah, is, I mean, why does it, this work better for me, or if this does? Yeah, all I mean, the first thing that pops into my head is uh, a lot of people have adhesive reactions, mm-hmm. you know, to the pumps and stuff is uh, I'm thankful that Lily doesn't have, you know, s- bad skin reactions to those adhesives. Like I see some people posting because that would probably shift us out of, out of using Omnipod yeah. if she was having really bad skin reactions. Of course. So there's all kinds of reasons. Um, but the end result is whatever system you're using your settings need tweaked to mm. best get the best results out of that system. And even then is the best results are trying to hit an exact 5.8. Um, it's getting in a good range on, and a good range over time, you know, not fluctuating every day throughout the day, all day, or even over months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I listen, uh, you made a point earlier that, is not lost on me, which is you can be doing an amazing job for a young kid. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be, but that person is going to leave your house at some point. If you're, if you're doing a good job, they're going to move out, which is a weird part about being a parent. And, um, and they're going to go live their own life and they have to be able to, they have to be able to intersect with new responsibilities and stresses and all this stuff and still be able to do their diabetes thing. Like that's not, and that's not as simple. That's not simply as it's not as simply done as it is said. It it just, a lot of stuff happens to them. Like I, like I think this about any number of things, like, you know, if you're eating like super low carb and that works for you, I think that's terrific. I also think if you think you're going to go to a college and eat on campus and be super low carb, you're in for a shock Um, because a lot of colleges don't offer foods that might might help you with that and so now you're Mm -hmm. there and what do you do same thing as if you're always controlling the insulin pump for somebody and then they get to school and now they're there and what do they do like it's you know it's got to be a transferable skill and and that even if it's even if your kid is you know highly data statistics and all that and loves just digging through those numbers as a parent all we're dealing with is looking at you know, this data to figure out what to do when that transitions to the kid, they have to add that on top of, and I think you sort of hinted at this, they have to add all of that back end sort of management on top of actually doing the management, mm-hmm. you know, taking the insulin, changing their pump sites, refilling prescriptions. And that's a lot to put on a 17, 18 year old. Yeah, and that that's that's in a in a scenario, John, where we're 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 imagining like a kid just being like, I'm gonna take care of myself and actually going and doing it, it's still hard. One of your kids might end up uh drunk all the time at school, or one of them might end up high as a kite all the time. Or you don't know what's gonna happen. And I know everyone thinks they know. They think they're like, Oh, I know how it's gonna go. I, I've interviewed too many people, John who will tell me, like, it was a big shock to my parents when I ended up in rehab. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Or like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm just, be, again, I'm just going to the extremes here. But you don't, you don't know what they're going to, 
what they're going to have to deal with when they get there. You also don't know how much anxiety and stress they have from diabetes right now that they can't wait to leave the house and try to forget about. And it, again, you just need to put them in a situation. And like you said, for some people, you throw Omnipod 5 on the kid and the kid doesn't pay much attention to it and it's still going to work out for them. Or, mm -hmm. you know, you can't put a loop on somebody who doesn't want to be, you know, uh, responsible for the things that come with that. Uh, I've seen um, I've seen people on Tandem Control IQ think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I've seen people that think it doesn't work. And I don't know if that's true or if they just aren't using it right. But when it happens, it won't matter. Like the reason won't matter if your thing's not doing what you needed to do. You're going to be in a weird situation where your kid's a thousand miles away and suddenly their blood sugars are 300 and you feel like there's nothing you can do about it. And they feel like there's nothing they can do about it. And eventually everybody gives up. And uh, yeah. I just don't want that to happen. That's all. Well, and yeah. that was that perfectly explains one of the main reasons we switched to Lily to Omnipod 5 mm -hmm. is there's less less thought that has to go into running the system once it's running smooth, you know, not having to modify basal or even ever do a basal test. It's basically there's only thing she essentially needs to change in it is carb ratio. If yeah. all of a sudden she starts running lower or higher after meals, just change the carb ratio. And through throughout the month, there'll be times when, we don't even need to, we don't even change the actual setting. She's running low. It might say those 10 units for the carbs she put in. She'll just dose eight instead. Yeah. Um, it's about knowing how, how the insulin is going to work and that, Oh, I don't need as much this time as I normally do because I've been low today. Mm. So for us, it was, it was about simplifying the system for her to try and give her the best chance of success based on, her personality and you know her how she goes about her day to day and for other people that for other people loop might be the best for that or control iq or mdi um you know it's it's all individual individual to individual yeah yeah for a number of different reasons I, it's funny i would think i haven't i haven't thought about this while we were recording but i'm thinking about it now I would think that if the companies that make the different products that we've talked about heard this, they'd all be upset. They'd all be like, no, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. But you know what I heard today? I heard that the guy who figured out patches for loop that I'm using, um, put his kid on Omnipod five. To me, that's, that's very telling. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's not telling that there's something wrong with loop three, or it's telling that, that these things all work for for people in certain situations and that you know 10 years from now you might be on something else for me if, if Arden couldn't use Omnipod we'd that would be a an issue for us do you understand what I'm saying like like if loop only worked with a tandem pump I'd use Omnipod 5 I just wouldn't I'd say yeah. you're carrying the thing just shut up and she'd and she would agree with that um and for somebody else they don't care about tubeless uh, there are mm -hmm. other people who are like, I've heard people say, I honestly don't care that I'm attached to my pump and, and, and good for them. You know what I mean? Like what? I, yeah. Lily, you know. Lily would be, Lily would choose MDI over a tube. So if she couldn't use Omnipod, she would be MDI. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. So there's, you know, 
there's what it is. It's just all, I don't know, John, it, it, well, it's not as confusing as it sounds to people who don't understand. I think people who really know what we're talking about are like, yeah, there's, you know, there's options here, here, here. You just pick the one that's right for you. I, I'm just thinking that, you know, companies are like, well, please use our thing. But that's just, I mean, and and they even know, by the way, you've, you've had conversations yeah. with people. Yeah, they know it's not for everybody, you know, so. Well, I have seen, you know, I've been trying to figure out, like, when Loop might be better for someone versus Omnipod 5. I don't, we've never used Tandem, so mm-hmm. I can't speak much to that. But um, it, it does seem like, to me, um, Loop is going to be better for the people who have, Loop, not better, let me back that up. Loop has the ability to achieve better results for people who are low carb and people who have pre-consistent lifestyles. You know, they get up, they eat, they do the same thing pretty much every day. Yeah. Um, Omnipod 5 is going to be better for people who either don't know how to manage, tweak their settings or don't want to, or don't have time to right. the people who just basically want something that works without having to think about it as much. Now, obviously the caveat in there is you have to get your TDI up to the point where it is working like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also I've seen people with low insulin needs have a difficult time with Omnipod five. Um, so, you know, some of the really young kids as I've seen some of them, but I've seen others who have success at it. So I don't know enough to know if, you know, it, is there something about the algorithm that under a certain TDI it can't quite achieve as good of results? I tend to think there is, and I think the same in, in loop is, you know, if, if you're delivering 0.1 units per five minutes to be your basal rate, which is like one point two units per hour. Well, at point one, you can do increments up or down in point zero five every five minutes. Well, if somebody only has a quarter unit basal per hour, they're only getting one click of that 0.05 dose like every 15 minutes. So you can't really take that much basal away. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not as not as many increments right. to to transition smoothly up and down yeah. for the lower insulin people. I would say that with the exception of what you just mentioned, the people with that low of need, my, my takeaway has always been, no matter what the system is, is that if the system's egregiously working, if it's that far off, if you're experiencing a ton of highs or a ton of lows, that boils down to settings and your understanding of how to use insulin. Like, I, I mm-hmm. it just... you it doesn't work that badly. None of them, like none of them are that bad. You, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I'm, that's the wrong phrasing, but if you're like crashing low all the time and jacking up super high and crashing low, you can't point to the algorithm and go like, that's that fault. It's the, it's the control IQ is a problem. Like you're, that thing's not set up correctly, but you, you know, you don't know how to use it. Same with loop or Omnipod five. If you're having, like, if it's all over the place like that, the worst thing you can do is step back and go, the thing doesn't work. Like it's, you know, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it, you know what I mean? Something's wrong that could be adjusted. 
And for the most part, what I see with people posting that with Omnipod 5 is their their starting settings were basically what they were using before, which doesn't work. Lily's Lily's um, carb ratio got 30% more aggressive. So she went from one to seven and a half or six and a half throughout the day. Yeah. She's now one to four and a half. Um, I mean, that's drastic change. And that's coming from loop which is also an algorithm, mm-hmm. you know, so even from loop, it needed a drastic change. So for Omnipod 5 users, it seems to be they're not increasing their carb ratio. If they'd increase their car or make it more aggressive right out of the gate, even if their TDI was too low, that would get them in line much quicker. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't be riding in the 250s 300s all the time they might be at 200 until tdi catches up but it'll be catching up much faster two or three pods in yeah and then for for systems that use basil in the algorithm i think it's people that don't have a grasp for sort of how insulin works and how basil works with you know sort of like the I mentioned before is the first response was always all oh, increased basal. Well, it's normally fat and protein in my experience. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm going to say it's fat and protein until I'm proven until it's proven that it's not fat or protein. Yeah. That's really my take on that. Um, I actually had a, quite a few loopers who look at this, you know, like midnight to 3am rise. I'm sure you've seen the graphs for that. Um, and then point to several studies that'll show that, oh, there's a typical growth hormone rise at that time. Um, so you raise basal at that time. Well, what I the test I tell people to do is don't have any carbs or don't have any fat or protein in your meal um, within six hours of going to bed. And anything you eat, after that, make sure it's at least three hours before going to bed and it's 100% carbs, like a bowl of completely dry cereal that's just pretty much zero fat or protein. Right. Um, and you know what happens every single time? That the rise goes away. Yeah. <laughs> there is zero, zero rise and they have a perfectly flat night. Um, now it is growth hormone. You can say it's growth hormone, but growth hormone is triggered by gluconeogenesis from the fat and protein so it's you know i mean the the culprit is actually the meal yeah it's fascinating Um, how how infrequently we talk about things like digestion uh nutrition uh things like that we 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 tend to want to treat diabetes like a math problem always like there's 15 carbs that's all it's 15 that's uh that's three units for me didn't work something else must be wrong could it be yeah yeah could it be that those that that you ate something that's laying in your stomach like a brick and and you know can't be digested very quickly because people aren't supposed to eat a half a pound of mozzarella cheese (laughs) (laughs) well and and to add on to that is the conversions for fat and protein from your meals they're not going to always be the same like for the most part a carb is a carb um yeah, obviously it's not, but it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. But if you had lower 
uh, what is it, glycogen or something like that stores, um, your body's going to replenish those. It's going to use potentially use more fat and protein to re replenish those. If you have a high carb meal with high fat meal, it's going to convert less fat than a low carb meal with fat and protein. Yeah. You know, so all of those, you can't just, you know, I know we started with that. Um, I forget the, the book reference that everybody uses, but you know, where you do the 25% at this time and 50% at this time for the fat and protein. Mm -hmm. But the more I got into it, the more I realized it's, I mean, you might as well put a blindfold on and throw a dart and just guess. So yeah, it's more insulin now. John, yeah. So I, now I, yeah. we're like, <laughs> okay, take a unit or take two units. It's right. <laughs> that's, that's the math we do is yeah. You need another unit or you need another two units. Yeah. I I've made, um, uh, uh quite a few people, uh, situation better by dumbing it down to if your blood sugar is high, you don't have enough. And if your blood sugar is low, you have too much. And that really ends up just being true. Y you know, like if your blood sugar is going up and it's going up and up and up, we can all sit around and talk about like, well, maybe I didn't pre-bolus or my insulin to carb ratio might be off or there could be fat or protein in this that I didn't account for. But here's the real truth. Blood sugar is going up. You know what makes it come down? Insulin. Let's go. Insulin. Yeah. So. And and you see, you, you also see so many people that post like, well, can I do a correction now? You know, things like that. And mm -hmm. my first thought is always, it's only stacking if you don't need the insulin. Right. So you figure out how the insulin works and then you can know just almost going to say, you know, by gut feel, but really that gut feel is the billions of pieces of data your brain has already processed. Uh, you know about how much you need to take based on that. Yeah. Blood sugar. If, if you want to know the uphill battle that we're all against, um, I saw a post the other day that asked the very serious question, how did you correct a blood sugar two hours after the meal and not have child protective services called on you? <laughs> and they weren't kidding. Like they were, they were talking about something from their life. So, you know, it, wow. was, it was a thing at school where the kid, you know, bolused, they missed. Uh, and they had the nurse add on extra things. And and the person asking the question was seriously saying, I don't, well, how did Child Protective Services not get called? And I'm like, wow, if oh that's in someone's head, none of you have any chance. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, like, is, we, we've, you know, we've corrected while she's still eating. <laughs> <laughs> we've corrected 15 minutes after the meal. Goes yeah, yeah. Because no, no, we're like, please. oh, the, yeah, the, that was definitely not enough. We the, know already after 15 minutes. There are times in wow. when the pump is still pumping and I tell Arden, go back in there and add 10 more carbs to that. <laughs> like, so, yeah. um, yeah. and she's like, I have to wait till it's done. I'm like, all right, well, wait till it's done and then put 10 more carbs on that because that's not going to be enough. Um, but, but my, well, my Lily, uh, Lily obviously hasn't gone to the nurse in years. She's been independent at school. But when she was, we actually had it written that the nurse calls the parent for meal doses. Yes. So the nurse wasn't allowed. Now, she started in middle school. Um, 
you know, so it wasn't like a tiny little kid, but right. we would talk to her on the phone and we would tell the nurse what to dose. But just imagine that statement. So the person making the statement is living a life where they don't even understand how to manage their diabetes. They think they do, but they don't. The nurse doesn't know what they're talking about. And obviously someone has called the state on somebody at some point for, yeah. do, for doing the right thing and being told it's the wrong thing. Fast. It's well, just fascinating. Yeah, and the problem is, is there anybody up that chain all the way to CPS and doctors or whoever that would actually know no. that no, John. they would be doing the right thing? John, somehow thing. it's a guy who started making a living selling iPhone cables and, <laughs> and a guy who was a stay-at-home dad and some lady who blah, 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 and this person over here and, you know, and whoever the hell Ivan is and like, you know what I mean? Like, like these are the people who understand how insulin works. Yeah. J Jenny. Yeah. There are people who understand how insulin works and none of them are, <laughs> it feels like are in a position to help anybody. Like, and that's why, it, you know, when you stop and look at like the, the, like the incredible success that the podcast has had, it's because it, it actually has a way to reach people. Like, so yeah, it, it allows, it allows average people like you and me to share our experiences, but not, yeah. not basically say, here's what your medical advice is to do without some nudnik riding in on a sheriff's going like, uh, <laughs> the thing says three hours. Like what? Uh, great. You don't know what you're talking about. No one knows what they're, listen, uh, you're lucky when you bump into a doctor that knows what they're talking about. And now, yeah. now I'm expecting just random people to understand who are in some bureaucratic chain. I don't know how I've gotten off on this thing at the school because it's fascinating. Uh, but um, we, the, the point should be you should distill down everything that was just said into this idea. There's no rules. It's what works. Like, find what works and do what works. And if it's not working, then keep looking. Don't just throw your hands up in the air and say like, well, that's just diabetes. Like he just gets high at 3 a.m. It's, it's not, it's not that easy. I mean, listen, the, the high at 3 a.m. thing from like the fat and protein here, how many people are on antacids and experience, mm -hmm. and experience uh, heartburn overnight, right? You're going to yeah. bed with a stomach full of food that you probably shouldn't have eaten to begin with. And your digestion <laughs> slows down while you're sleeping. So it just sits in there yep. and that's what happens. You're going to get Barrett's. You want that? You don't look it up. Okay. <laughs> you don't want that. So like, just don't, I don't, don't eat a slab of beef with cheese on it and spaghetti sauce at 9 PM. <laughs> like eat that earlier in the day. If you're going to eat that, like the, the, um, well, go ahead. That, that reminds me of, um, you see the posts of why am I gaining weight? Now that I started insulin and you see people saying, oh, well, insulin, you know, insulin, it's known that insulin can make you gain weight. And my, oh, I just my, my non, head. my non-medical brain is yeah. like exploding over here yeah. saying, no, it's, you gain weight for this, basically the same reason that anybody gains weight. Calories. Except, yeah, <laughs> except having high blood sugar is coincidentally a nice diet to lose weight. Yeah, because it's, it's, also, blood... it's also an eating disorder and a really unhealthy way to be. And so, yeah, yeah, what, but right, yeah, I know. What okay, you mean. your yeah. glucose isn't getting into your cells now; it is, and you're eating 
too much, so that glucose is getting converted to but, fat. But see, John, um, where your brain and my brain says so obviously, blah blah blah. There are other people's brains who go, so if I don't take insulin, then I'll never get, I'll never gain weight. <laughs> they don't think about like what's going to happen to them, you know, five years yeah. from now. And and that's yeah. and well, you know what? If this conversation has revealed one thing. It's how many patches there are. It's going all the way back to your basal. Like, cause you said about basal, what I would have said in the beginning, if you've got five different basal rates, you're just covering up other problems. Like this is that mm -hmm. you, you haven't figured out something magical. You have other problems that could have been fixed that you've put a patch on, but so much of it, uh, care through school. It's all, everything's being patched. Like that's the problem with diabetes care and probably about everything else in the world is that we've been around so long that we don't know why we're doing what we're doing anymore. We're just, we just started with a thing. The next decision was wrong. Then someone patched it. Then the next decision was right. Then two decisions in a row were wrong. Then somebody threw a patch on it. Now you're 50 years later and you're, you're riding this motorcycle that's held together with duct tape, but it's running. And so you're like, yeah, it's all good. But then you start making decisions based on what you're seeing and what you're seeing isn't right. It just works. But I don't yeah. know if that all makes sense to everybody. But trust me, if you step back far enough, you can see everything's, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist here because I'm not, <laughs> right? but society is being held together with luck and spit okay and and so is your diabetes but it doesn't have to be you can get one of these systems get good settings start over and have success based on 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 what it's supposed to be based on i don't know if that makes sense or not but it it does but it's and i don't know if this is i don't know if this statement is in agreement with that or in disagreement with doesn't that doesn't matter to me john just talk go ahead <laughs> but um it's a lot more black magic than science, if you will. So it's science, don't get me wrong, on managing. Mm -hmm. But we are looking at, let's take Omnipod 5. I can change basically five settings that control what the pump does. And only one of those controls the automation. The others just control the bolus calculator. Mm -hmm. um, five things. There are probably 5 million variables physiologically, environmentally, well, and I'd say sort of like emotionally, which ties into physiologically, like stress or whatever, um, and even technologically. How, you know, is the cannula at a one degree angle from where it's supposed to be that causes that drip to just be slightly less? Um, so we're looking at five variables to try and manage something that has millions mm -hmm. of individual things that can completely make it go off the rails. Right. Yeah. And that's why I so much like your comment before about um, sort of not worrying. Is it 30 carbs or 35 carbs? It's, it's what works or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's what works because the reasons that, I dosed for the same thing today that I did yesterday and yesterday was perfect. And today I'm 250. Um, the reasons are those other 495,000 variables, whatever mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. that, Oh, the 
the temperature was one degree hotter and my skin was slightly warmer. And so the injection didn't quite absorb in the exact same manner as, as it the, did yesterday. Yeah. Oh, no, a hundred percent. Um, I, I just meant on the setting side, like, like getting like that stuff can be right. It can be, or, or at least better than you have it. Like if you've, if yeah. you've been patching and patching and patching, you don't know what your basal is anymore. Like you said, your daughter's, uh, Insulin to carb ratio was what one to four and a half. Yeah, and I bet you many people were like, "Oh my god, that's insane!" <laughs> uh, you know why? We, I didn't, we... <laughs> you, you know why I didn't say that, John? Right? Because that's about yeah, what my daughter's uh, uh, ratio is, and and so it's just. But her basal is also not like you know super high, and so like it's and and she's got an algorithm working for it. Boy, the one thing you mm -hmm. said earlier that makes. I'll tell you, if you ask me why an algorithm is great, it's being able to steal basil from the future. The way you put that, yeah. I love that about about being able to use a loop. To just say, like, look, she's about to eat something. We're not pre-bolusing, right? It's going to hit her so hard. You can literally put in, like, two hours of basil into the bolus. And if it's too much, then the algorithm just keeps taking the basil away. And it's... The, the only way I can yep. tell people to like imagine it in their minds is like if you um, like a scale of justice, like a big scale right on two sides and you, the algorithm is just is just faster than you can think about it. There's carbs on one side and insulin on the other of this scale. And the algorithm is just like takes all the it takes all the insulin off of the scale and as soon as it sees it start to go the other way it's like here take the insulin back and then mm -hmm. it, and it keeps it back and it's like, oh too much too little more less and it just it's it's adjusting in the moment and and well that that's why that. it's also important to know that 2.1 times number for basal iob because like a loop loop shows negative basal which is it drives me crazy because it's just a made up thing. Mm -hmm. um, because if your basal is one unit per hour, when loop, when loop shows zero, you have 2.1 units on board. If loop shows negative one, you still have 1.1 units on board. But knowing that number of at any time, if the algorithm has been cutting my basal, well, I know that my basal is keeping me right about 2.1 IOB at all times. Well, that tells me approximately how much I can add in, even from what had been cut from the last hour, for instance. Like last night, uh, Lily was like 85 for four hours, probably um, from like 7 p.m. until 11 or something. Mm -hmm. She came home, wanted to eat before bed, and I just said, look and see if basil has been cut and if it has you probably want to add an extra unit because i knew that you know the iob in her system from the removed basil before would need to be added back yeah and but that would make that meal hit harder does she think of that on her own because that's something arden doesn't track still i'm i'm trying to get her to do that more so mm -hmm. i'm i'm just doing reminders yeah. and then not but but not necessarily following up um, to make sure she does it. Like our newest thing is uh, she she goes to bed way later than we do, and she usually wants to go eat half of the kitchen at midnight. Mm -hmm. So our our newest 
thing is just telling her, hey, check check where you're at when you're falling asleep. And if you're still rising and not coming down from that food, you need to consider how much more to add because we all know it's going to start slowing down as soon as she falls asleep. Yeah. And that's going to make, make her rise more. So she's getting there, not yeah. fully, but she's definitely getting there with that type of yeah. stuff. Yeah, I knew Arden was going to get high this morning because she had class at 8 a.m. And her blood sugar has been like 90 for 24 hours. Like, she's just been super stable for, like, a whole day. And she spent the whole day in her room doing homework. You know, she had a couple of meals, but they were smaller. And she's mm-hmm. going to get up this morning. She's going to go to that horrible cafeteria at that school, John. And um, <laughs> I don't know what they feed them. And, you know, she's she made a big bolus. She, she was on top of it for the first few hours this morning. It was working. But then she ate again on top of it. And I was like, oh, here we go. Like, so she's going to go to like 190, 200. It's going to sit there for a little while and it's going to come back. And yeah. it's funny because I think a lot of people listening to that are like, really? Is this what you're worried about? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that's not so bad. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I don't judge it as bad or not. It's just where she's at now and her understanding of the impact of the food she has, what her schedule's like, like all that stuff. But if she would have thought the way you just said, like, huh, I've been super stable for a long time. Let me look to see if my basil's been cut back. Because when I go to bolus here, I'm going to have a deficit. And I'm not yeah. and I'm not going to be covering it. That's the next step. Like, I don't know when she'll get to it. But we're, mo- like, same thing with you. Like, I'll mention it once in a while. And I figure one day she'll figure it out. Um, well, and that's what's been nice with Afreza. So Lily went out to get coffee this morning. And I just said, you probably want to take at least one cartridge of a fresa. So we only have the smallest cartridge, which is four units, but mm-hmm. it's actually conversion from Novolog. It's like two and a half, two and a quarter units of Novolog. So what she's started doing at times like that, when you know she knows she's going to have a quick rise for whatever reason, is she'll take one cartridge of a fresa at the same time that she doses the rest on the pump. So the fresa helps to knock down that first hour while the Novolog's getting started. Mm-hmm. And that's that's actually been uh, pretty amazing to see how it is able to stop the rise with that combination of sort of replacing that replacing that missing basil but doing it with a freza because you know everything's hitting from you know a 60 carb Starbucks mm-hmm. you know death drink. <laughs> I'll tell you I would I'd I, I I don't know if Arden would be up for it, but I'd be up for trying it if if she was. Just the idea, you know. <laughs> I, I don't think you should necessarily try it yourself. No, no, hey. no, no. Well, I mean, I mean, like, just I, like, yeah. I'd be up for like, like trying to figure it out with her if she was interested in doing it. You know, um, al- yeah. although you know, it's interesting. You're kind of talking about biohacking a little bit earlier. I was watching this woman online last night. She, I think she's using the Lily version of. One of those object injectables that was um, first brought out for type two, but it's been, uh, I guess, FDA approved now for weight loss, and you're seeing a lot of people use it. I don't know what the Lily ones. Yeah, called. the Ozem pick or whatever it's I pronounced. I honestly don't know what it's called. Uh, but I, I mean, she this this. I'm just kind of watching this woman on TikTok. She doesn't have diabetes or anything like that. She's lost like 42 pounds in a month, 
And I'm like, I'm, so I'm sitting in bed last night with my wife. I'm like, why is that happening? And she's like, well, it quells your, it quells your, you know, desire to eat. But I'm like, but there's got to be something else going on. Like she didn't lose 42 pounds from like cutting back on food in a month. Like that doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, I want to understand that better. That's like, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So one pound is 3,500 calories. So that's, yeah. that's a hundred and fifty thousand calorie deficit in a month. That's like you'd right. be dead if yeah. it was just from yeah. cutting down cravings. That's what I said to my wife. I'm like, it's not it, that doesn't make sense that it's just craving. She's like, Well, I think it's about how the insulin gets used too. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm like, I'm gonna figure that out. I'm gonna I'm gonna get yeah, somebody you, on to talk about it. You know what? I think I so when you said that it clicked something in my brain. Um I think what it's doing is it's actually dumping the glucose through without it getting into your cells. Okay. So it, so some of the glucose just gets dumped straight through your digestive system. Interesting. Hmm. If, if that's the one I'm thinking of, um, cause there was one that I was reading about that. I don't know what it's, let me take a look. Um, see if I can figure out what it was called. You're saying it's Monjero or something like that? Is that what you thought it yeah, was? Yeah, I don't remember yeah. which one. But there was one I was reading that was seemed really unusual how it worked, at least part of how it worked. Yeah. Now, I'm going to find out. I'm going to talk to I listen, I'd love to talk to somebody about it just to understand what it's doing and I mean it's a it's a a significant like I mean, 42 pounds in a month and she doesn't look unhealthy. She doesn't look like, I don't know. I'm not there, but I mean, like, she's not like, you know, she's not pulling herself on the desk, like Gollum going, it's, yeah, I'm okay. Like, you know, <laughs> and I was like, that's really something like something's going on in there. Like that's not allowing this to get stored the way it would normally without it. And I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. So I'll, I'll try to find out about it. Uh, anyway, John, is there anything we haven't talked about that we should? I thought this was a great conversation, and yet I'm not 100% sure what we talked about. So, <laughs> Yeah, we talked about a lot. So I don't um, – I think we talked about everything we should talk about. Cool. Oh, no, one more thing we Go didn't ahead. talk about. This single most important thing for Omnipod 5. So I started counting um, how many times a day I was posting – this exact same response uh, to people. They put a new pod on. Controller says it can't find the CGM. So basically the pod isn't connecting to Dexcom. And this goes all the way back to G5 restarts. And then you had to do it a lot with loop in the early days where what was happening is the pod that you just deactivated is not correctly disconnecting from Dexcom. Okay. So because the pod is taking the, the place of the receiver and Dexcom can only be connected to one receiver and one phone at a time, you pull your old pod off, throw it in the trash. It's still connecting with the transmitter, even though it's supposed to be deactivated. Okay. So what we do every single pod change, Lily deactivates the pod. As soon as it beeps deactivated, she throws it in the microwave. Don't turn a microwave on, by the way. Throws it in the microwave, primes a new pod, starts it, connects perfectly every single time. Because the microwave has a Faraday cage that blocks Bluetooth signal. 
So you're basically blocking the old pod from continuing its connection to the transmitter. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the number one tip. I post that more often than anything else to people because it seems like everybody runs into that. We were at 50% of the pods were having connection problems since we've, before we started doing that, since we started doing that, we've not had a single one that has not connected immediately and reliably. Go over it again, step-by-step. Deactivate the pod, pull the pod off and put it in the microwave and then prime and pair and start up the new pod and it will connect and app only after it connects. So on the controller, when you see the actual CGM value showing, only after that happens, pull the old pod out and throw it away. Okay. And so leave it in the microwave that whole time. And I'm just going to say this for people who didn't hear Faraday cage and go, Oh, I know exactly what that (laughs) is, John, because you're fancy. Uh, But it's, um, it's used to block electromagnetic fields, right? So a microwave has one because if a microwave didn't have one, my, I was going to say my testicles would be burned by now. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. But, but that's just. <laughs> well, it, that's the the little grid pattern you see in the microwave window. That's the Faraday cage. It's mm-hmm. just the wire mesh. And right. for some reason, a wire mesh uh, causes signals to not be able to escape. So if your CGM is still improperly connected to the old pod, putting the pod in there basically makes the pod disappear off the face of the earth for the CGM connection. Yep. Yeah. And and we saw about half of the pods having trouble with the connection um, and before we started doing that. And once I started doing that, it's not a single one. Okay. And all the other things that like people say, reboot the controller, um, delete the transmitter, re-enter it, all those types of things. They're all just getting lucky with something with specific timing of maybe when it's trying to ping. Um, mm-hmm. The solution is that you have to get that signal no longer connected to the decks. And the easiest is throw it in the microwave. You could I, also just throw the pod out down the street. I was going to say, um, I'm laughing at how many, people, how many people have like opened their back door and just thrown it into the yard. <laughs> um, That'll do the same thing. I mean, it's yeah. about 50 to 60 feet. If you have clear line of sight, so you gotta probably have a good the arm, longest then. it could connect. Yeah. You got to have a really good arm. So Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, oh well, that's great. I, I appreciate you adding that in here. Thank you very much, uh, yeah. John. Listen, let's. Um, I don't normally do this, but let's pimp your thing. So the sugar pixel is <laughs> at customtype1.com, right? Yes. Okay. Um, it's really it's a terrific device. Like it, it's absolutely amazing. I um, thank you. I find it to be on the level of um, Glucose as far as like how valuable it was because like, I did, I did run it while Arden was here and it was, mm-hmm. it was terrific. Um, now that Arden's gone, um, I need to set it back up and I haven't yet, but I kind of need your help a little bit. And, um, but for the, the glow coast is the same thing. Like it, it almost just trains you. Like I woke up in the middle of the night last night and I fixed my eyes on where that little glow coast thing was. And it was green and I went good. And I shut my eyes again and I did the same thing yeah. with the sugar pixel. When I had it set up, like I you know, open your eyes and you're like, okay, I didn't have to pick up my phone. I didn't have to unlock my phone. All that kind of wakes you up. You know what I mean? Like all the, the machinations with the phone and everything, when you don't have to intersect with a phone and you can still get a tiny bit of like 
feedback about blood sugar. It's very helpful and it doesn't break your sleep as well or uh, in the same way. I mean, um, so anyway, what do you sell anything else at custom type one.com or just sugar pixel? That's the biggest thing we sell is sugar pixel. Um, and I mean, it's, we, we actually have ideas for other products. I have a, this Christmas past Christmas, I actually had on my own Christmas tree, a fully functioning version of sugar pixel driving my Christmas tree lights. So that might be something you see in the future is a, a Christmas tree version of sugar pixel. But, um, no, the, the biggest, the biggest reason I made it, I said earlier was Lily wasn't waking up to alerts and it, it could be for any number of reasons. She left her volume too low. She left it on vibrate, you know, all kinds of stuff. She's just sleeping harder. And even then it's like, even if everything's perfect, um, the alerts just, it's a tiny iPhone speaker. So mm-hmm. I put a giant speaker in it compared to what you have in the phone. And then also have a vibration puck that you slide under the pillow. So you can get audio and vibration. Yep. Um, and we just recently added, I think, what has been the most popular feature. We added emoji um screens so there's like six or eight different displays you can choose um depending on if you have one user or two users that you're following but one is emojis so for little kids that might not be able to read yet um yeah we could just have a we have a single color display so a kid could know green is good red is bad Mm -hmm. but we've also added these emojis so there's smileys they have all different smiley faces to indicate the BG range. And then there's also icons. So like the um, urgent low is a lollipop is one of the icons. Uh, Urgent high, there's a dumpster fire as one of the icons, which is my personal favorite. Um, And then even unicorn, unicorn icons. So, you know, little kids get excited. They, they hit their perfect number and a unicorn icon pops up on the screen with it. Can I set what my number is for my unicorn? Yes, oh, that was, cool. you know, everybody, everybody always, you see the posts of 100, but um, I know a lot of people that use a different number for their unicorn. So we want to make sure that that was settable. That's excellent. John, that's terrific. Uh, Sugar Pixel is at customtype1.com and the word uh, and one is spelled out O-N-E. So yeah, check it out. Yeah. It's, it really is terrific. It's, is it, is it? Is it still like, are you, you're not printing them on site? Like, how do you make them? I guess is my question. Are they manufactured somewhere? Um, it's, it's a lot of custom work. So we are, all of the plastic components are now injection molded. You know, the first one you, you bought it within like the first month. We, I didn't know if there were going to be 10 people that wanted this or 10,000. So I couldn't. I didn't have the money to invest to build injection molds. So we were three printing the housings originally. They're now injection molded. Um, the Then we, we purchase all the individual components from, I think, five or six different places. And our circuit boards are manufactured here in Akron, Ohio. And then we do all the finished assembly here, no matter where the parts are coming from. So we have parts coming from all over the world uh, for it, but everything is finished right here, which I like because, you know, it lets us 
lets me run down right to the factory there if we have to update something or mm-hmm. or fix something, um, make changes, things like that. John, how many employees do you have making Sugar Pixel? <laughs> so employees in quotes, there are exactly two of us with Custom Type 1, but our um you know we basically rely on outside contract factories for the various pieces parts so like our leds have like comes from a place that has probably 500 or a thousand people that are making led panels and our circuit board manufacturer i think they're probably about 20 people um yeah as far as the actual company you know if you send a an email to our support you're going to be talking to me uh, and, and um, it's, we're just a small place, which, which is good and bad. It's, it's good because we connect with, you know, I personally can connect with almost everybody and it's, it's bad, bad because that can sometimes be overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. John, yeah. I, you and I are doing about the same thing with a different uh, product. Uh, but mm-hmm. people, I, I love getting an email and there's like, Hey, can you tell Scott? I'm like, Oh, you think there's yeah. another, you think there's another person here? <laughs> like, I am Scott. Yeah, Scott the, is the yeah the guy is the guy. There's no other guy. <laughs> so yeah, the fu- the funniest ones are the ones that you'll every now and then get somebody coming in with a uh, raving and ranting message that is acting like we're this you know multi billion dollar global conglomerate company that they're dealing with <laughs> you tell the like, ceo that i'm all right <laughs> yeah well i'm, I'm just like I, i've actually replied before i've replied to people before you know thanks for your patience i'm sorry it took me so long i was up all night with high blood sugars and so i'm running on a few hours of sleep <laughs> so that's why i'm yeah. delayed in replying i am and the, i think that yeah. surprises people that you know hey we're you know, we're the same as the people that are using our product. Um, you know, so there's going to be days when we might be extra tired and it takes us a little bit longer to reply to emails. Yeah. I remember when, um, uh, what was it? Athletic greens reached out to me cause they wanted ads and they were like, you know, can we talk to somebody in your marketing department? And I was like, that's going to be me. <laughs> and she's, she goes, well, after that, we need to speak to somebody in like, you know, accounting. And I was like, yeah. That's going to be me too. (laughs) I'm like, I'm, I, it's me. And she goes, but you chart with like huge, like podcasts, like, like large companies running them. And I was like, yeah, it's me. It's like anything you need. Use my address. (laughs) Why don't you hire people? I'm like, "Uh, how much money do you think I make doing this? I was like, hire (laughs) people, hire people. I'm barely paying my own bills. What are you talking about? Uh, So anyway. Well, uh, and that, that actually is funny because we, um, when we were looking at pricing sugar pixel, I wanted it. My main goal is to help people with it. Um, It's a happy benefit that I was able to make it my job. But without cutting corners on the actual product, like I look at every single penny that goes into it and I'm like, okay, to offer phone support, I would have to charge everybody, every single person, like an extra 50% of the cost, just to be able to hire people to handle phone support. Right. And is that actually worth it? Probably not. Mm. Um, Because I'd much rather it help way more people and 
the handful of people that might need a little extra help getting it set up. You'll figure it out. Maybe it takes an extra day over email, but that meant that all these other thousands of people still have an extra $50 in their pocket. Per, right. right. Well, John, I understood your situation because when I got one, you're like, I'll send you one. I was like, well, I'll pay for it, John. Like, I'm not, you're not going to just send me one. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> I'm like, like, I know, I know your situation, you know, like, I mean, it's, I, I live it too. And yeah, I, you know, it's so why I say to people all the time, like, I'm like, I just need you to click on the links for the subscribe for the, for the advertisers. Like if you, if you listen, if you want to buy a Dexcom, do me a favor and buy it through my link. If you don't want to buy one, I mean, <laughs> don't buy one just to support the podcast. Just use the links if you're going to, you know, and, yeah. and I, every once in a while, and it's not bad, but somebody will come after me. They're like, you just, this is all about money. I'm like, you don't n- understand what you're talking about. I'm like, if people don't click on those links, bye-bye podcast. Like, you know, like, exactly. you know, the podcast that you love so much that you're texting me about how much has helped you. Like, I, I actually had a person who's told me these words, uh, this podcast saved my life and you shouldn't have advertisers. I'm like, well, you need to pick one because uh, that's not how the world works. I, I live inside of a, place and my kids go to college and I eat food and electricity, et cetera. Like, I can't just make you this podcast. Like I'm, I'm an actual person, you know, like I have things I need too. So like, do you want to pay for the podcast? Like I said to to the person like privately, I was like, look, if you want, I can just charge you like $20 a month to listen to the podcast and we're all good then. You want to do that? Oh no. Oh, you don't want to do that. (laughs) Okay. So you don't want to pay for it and you want it to save your life, your words, but I shouldn't make money. How's that going to happen? And then there yeah, you go. It, you know, so. And that's the hard part. I mean, it, it's, it's, um, you know, we all spend way too much money managing this disease. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, everything can't, can't be free. I mean, that's just right. not how the world works. It would be great if it could. The the whole Night Scout issue um, with Heroku, you know, everybody started initially. They discovered Railway was working, mm-hmm. and they started initially pushing everybody over to Railway. And I looked up Railway, and I'm like, they're a twelve person startup, and we're gonna, as a community, push tens of thousands of free users onto them. They're going to shut that down. They won't be able to afford that service if too many users right. just all of a sudden start taking their free service. Um, you know, so it, it's it's a fine line on how you deal with all of that. And I think your approach is the most elegant because it is the the big corporation's yeah, someone else is paying for it. Space. I wanted to tell the person, yeah. hey, just say thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, like I figured this out. Like, I got you the information for free. Thank you. And then I'll go, you're very welcome. Yeah. It's my pleasure. <laughs> and like, you know, not like, <laughs> not like, hey, you're pushing ads. I'm like, yeah. Do you want the podcast? Like, I, I wonder if people think, like, after I record with you, you know, if it wasn't for advertising, I, it would take me three minutes to go to the front of this and be like, hey, everyone, welcome to episode blah, 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 the Juice Box podcast. Today, John's going to be on the show. We're going to talk about Sugar Pixel and Loop and Omnipod 5. You're going to love it. 
John's uh, daughter, Lily, like I could do that. Boom. At the end, say, thanks for coming. See you later. Check out the Facebook page. Instead, I spend hours getting each episode Mm -hmm. together to put ads on them so that hopefully you'll click on one of the ads if you're going to buy an Omnipod or a Gvoke Hypopen or whatever the hell you're going to buy. And and so that those people will then send me money, which, by the way, I don't keep much of because I don't know if you've heard about taxes. And then (laughs) and, and I have no overhead. I'm a podcast. So, like, there's no write off. Yeah. Like, you, you, like, if you want to know who's, like, supporting the all of you through taxes, it's me. Okay. And um, and so then that all happens. And then at the end, I just, like, like I mean, my God, like, if you want a contour meter, could you just click on the link? Like, I, I don't, I'm not telling you to buy a contour meter. I guess I got pushed back from somebody recently. Like, I, I don't like athletic greens. And I, I responded. I was like, don't buy it. Which <laughs> you think you're under like some like you know like it's not a law if I have an ad you have to buy the thing you know like it's it's okay and I'm like I'm like and I respond back I said don't, don't buy it other people like athletic greens and those people who use it if they buy it through my link you get the podcast for free like do you really want the podcast to go behind a paywall because that's the other option yeah and then how many people to your point about sugar pixel then how many people don't get it if you make it more expensive. And I'm like, I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. So, and, and well, with the podcast, especially is, you know, that's along the lines of it, it's mobile sort of mobile first is a podcast. Cause you're getting it through your phone, through the app. And it's just like all the app stuff in the app store is you put an app at a dollar next to an app that's free and Nobody's going to buy the dollar. You're done. Yep. You know, so it's almost like, it's almost like you can't put a single, a single dollar amount on, on the podcast without losing probably the majority of your listeners. I I had a company come to me one time and said, Hey, let's, you should put your, your podcast behind a paywall because you know, how many listeners do you have? And I said, "Uh, about this many, how many downloads do you have about this many? And they said, well, if you just charged 99 cents for a download, this is how much money you would have. And I'm like, yeah, that wouldn't happen. I said, once it's nope. 99 cents, nobody would download it. They're like, sure they would. I'm like, mm, not all of them. And she goes, well, let's say and I'm sitting at this meeting. I'm like, oh my God, I got to get out of this, you know? And, um, <laughs> and, and they said, they said, well, let's say you lose three quarters of the people. You still have a quarter of them. And, and by the way, the number was impressive. Like if I lost three quarters of yeah. my listeners, the amount of money would have been impressive. Like, trust me, I could have made the podcast for like two more years and then like off. And, and so, <laughs> and, and I was like, but I said, but the podcast helps people with their health. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. So you're telling me that three of every four people who are now being helped by the podcast are no longer being helped by it for the love of 99 cents. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, you don't understand what I'm doing. Like, I'm helping people. She goes, no, you have a very popular podcast. You can monetize the hell out of it. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I was like, I was like, can you find a way to monetize it where all four people are helped with their health and they doesn't cost them <laughs> 99 cents? And she goes, well, you would need an ad revenue for that. I was like, yes, yeah, so I already have that. So you're no help to me at all? And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay, we're done. Thank you. And, and, and it's the last one of those calls I've ever taken because by the way they come constantly and what I've come to realize is is that she wanted a piece of the pie too so you know like she you know I was going to make x amount they were going to take 20 percent of it and I was like "Mm." or that's the other people that come to me um you should set up a um a class 
and charge people $50 for it. And and she's like, they would pay that. And I was like, yeah, they would, but they can get it in the podcast for free. Mm-hmm. And she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but you're not making enough money. And I was like, I don't know what's enough. Like I, I do. Okay. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm not over here struggling. Like, what are you talking about? Like, how much am I supposed to make off of this? You, you know what I mean? Like, it's all just very, I don't know. But then well, I, it's, it, you know. it's oh. just so opposite of, of uh, capitalism, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not opposite, but it's, it's not going to the nth degree to make every single penny you can, because it's not entirely about just, making a living at this it's also because we're helping people trying to help people that i i tell people all the time i have the it's a triad i help people i enjoy this and i pay my bills you go back 20 years ago find me and say scott one day you'll have a job that helps people that you'll enjoy that will pay your bills and i'd go like sign me up what is that Mm -hmm. you you know like who who's lucky enough to have that and so I'm just, I don't know. I'm not going to wring every red cent out of everybody. Like, it just seems, I don't know, it's dirty. It seems wrong. And and by the way, I'm okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I'm not over here, like, yeah. you know, like oh, I, uh, how are we going to pay the water bill? It, it, you know, so, yeah, anyway. Well, John, like, and by the way, I don't care. That. I'm sorry, John. I don't even think about it right up till you get the one email from one person who's like, this, <laughs> like, you just want money. I'm like, oh, you have no idea how much money I can make out of this. And, and that I'm leaving <laughs> on the table, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. It, it's, uh, you're, you're, uh, maybe more polite than I am. I, I just, I get those emails and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just, I can't even reply. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to like talk everybody into liking me, but I mean, there's, here's my next thought. I, I've said this before. Like you, you can't like the reason you don't tell people, like, I don't understand this, this thing in, in society now where people brag about what they have. I mm-hmm. I, I saw somebody in the diabetes space do it recently uh, and I thought, why in God's name would you show anyone that car? Like, like, what are they like? What are they going to think? Like, I know what I think when I see it. I think, wow, you're making a lot of money, and yeah. and and are, and you're telling me you're helping people. Like, so let let's say, John, that this person's making like a massive amount of money, but they're still helping people. Then okay, I mean, good for them, right? Like, I don't have a problem in the world with that. I live in America. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. What about? But what I think about is the people who see that are put off by it and stop taking the help. Like now, yeah. now you've like you've hurt someone else's health so that you could show them you had a fancy car. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy the car. No one needs to see it. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you know? And and that mm-hmm. I really do think about that because people can get put off by that. Like if I made Listen, if I made $30,000 a year off the podcast, then somebody making $15,000 a year is going to look at me and go, oh, my God, look at this guy. Like, just, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not going to listen to this. That that person and, – and I understand that. So, like, I wouldn't want that person to think – to not know how to pre-bolus because I'm making 30 and they're making 15. And so I just mm-hmm. think that's a private thing. You just keep that quiet because no matter how little or much money it is, you're going to end up – pushing someone away anyway yeah. that's like back well and no. so we uh that reminds me i just got a booth at both friends for life and ada in san diego in the summer oh, cool. and in doing that i was like oh my gosh i have to think through how to make the booth look 
nice, but not too nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I Because I we can't come across like, oh my gosh, they, they're selling this for way too much because of how nice their booth is. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. Like, See, these are the things it's, that it's, people, and you're in my position, have to think about that other people don't have to think about. And if, if they got put in this position, they would very quickly understand it. It's not, yeah. it's not that easy to make something that actually helps people and doesn't offend their sensibilities and all the other things that people can rub up against. I, I, I feel it every day on the Facebook page. Like sometimes there are people who are just, like, I'm like, you're not like, you're not getting this. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're being nasty and you don't realize it. And then it's my job to tell them that, except I'm the guy on the podcast. So I, I yeah. don't, I don't want them to like stop listening because a, it'll hurt the podcast and B because it'll, because they are not going to hear the thing next week that we talk about that might really help them. And, and so mm-hmm. you're, you're, it's always this balancing act. I was like, oh, I'm going to be the bad guy. I'm like, I don't want to be the bad guy. But you, <laughs> but you're not the bad guy. You look, they're like, they're out of their minds, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the majority of the people uh, look at those posts and are like, oh, my gosh, this guy, this guy needs to put in line. Scott, put him in line. <laughs> yeah. well, and, and it's funny because people will say privately, we'll just block them. And again, I think the same thing. I'm like, no, like they, they're having some sort of an issue right now. They'll get through it. And they still mm-hmm. deserve to know how to take care of their blood sugars. Like one bad moment on Facebook doesn't, you shouldn't get exiled for that. You, you know? So yeah. anyway. It's, well, other than, other than all the people posting uh, G7 supplies yeah, for sale right. from, people, from Ken, Kenya accounts. Scammy people are done. I'm not okay with that. <laughs> um, anyway, John, you're really terrific. I appreciate you doing this very much. And um, Yeah, anyway. I had a lot of fun doing it. Good. I'm glad. Hey, I want to thank John for spending so much time talking about Omnipod 5 and looping and the Fresa and all the stuff today. Thank you, John. I want to thank Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod 5 and the Omnipod Dash, and remind you that you can learn more and get started today at Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. And of course, save 10% on your first month of therapy at my link, betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. If you can't remember the links to type them in the browsers, You can find them in the show notes of your audio player or at juiceboxpodcast.com. We talked a lot about the Facebook group today. You can find it online, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes, fantastic group, 40,000 people in it right now, going strong. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe or follow to the podcast in the audio app you're listening in right now. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you are, hit follow or subscribe, whichever your app offers. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, BetterHelp. You can get 10% off your first month of therapy with my link, betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. That's betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. If you've been thinking about speaking with someone, this is a great way to do it on your terms, betterhelp.com forward slash juice box.